Hello and welcome to St. Paul's United Methodist Church's Sermon Podcast. I'm Pastor Mike Agnew and it's great to have you listening to our sermons this way. If you'd like to learn more about St. Paul's United Methodist Church, you can go to our website at www.cherokeemethodist.com. Now, during the season of Lent, we're looking at some of the greatest stories or parables of Jesus. Jesus oftentimes spoke in parables, which is a religious way of talking about a story that is meant to teach us something about God or the kingdom of God. And so Jesus talked about the kingdom of God all the time, and many of the parables would teach about what the kingdom of God was and what it wasn't. And he oftentimes used stories to turn on the head the people's expectations of what they thought the kingdom was. You see, most people thought that the kingdom of God was a visible kingdom that would overcome all other kingdoms at some future date. And a Messiah, which is a word for king, would make this happen. <clears throat> now, the interesting thing is, Jesus identified with his role, but he turned it on its head, stating that the kingdom of God is not something you can see or point to and say, there it is, but the kingdom is already present in their midst and aggressively demanding their response. So when Jesus uses terms in the Bible like kingdom of God or kingdom of heaven, uh, they mean the same thing. He's not talking about heaven like we think of, like where we go when we die, but the reign of God in our midst right now. That's why he'll oftentimes say the kingdom of heaven is like, and then he'll tell a story that seems to have nothing to do with heaven. Well, that's because he's not talking about heaven. He's talking about what it means to follow Jesus now. So the parable that we're looking at today is the parable of the sower and the seeds, or the parable of the four soils, depending on what you want to, how you want to think of it. But this is a very important parable, so much so that it's included in three out of the four gospels. It's the introduction, actually, to a collection of parables, and the author put this one first. And interestingly enough, more space is devoted to this one than any other. It's one of the few parables also where the Scripture actually gives us an interpretation for what it means. So here's the parable. Jesus tells a story about a farmer scattering seed. Now, this was long before the days of GPS-directed combines and tractors, so a farmer would simply scatter seed, and obviously seed is going to sometimes get in places where it shouldn't be. So some seed fell along the path, and the birds ate it. Nothing happened, right? Some fell on rocky ground. So they sprouted quickly, but then there are no roots. It couldn't put down roots, and the sun kills them. Some fell among thorny plants, and the thorny plants or weeds choked them out. And some fell on good land and yielded a harvest. It's a short story. There's not really much of a plot, but the disciples have no idea what it means, and quite frankly, we wouldn't either. And so they ask Jesus to explain. And so he explains that the seed is the word or the good news about Jesus. And so the seed along the path that gets eaten up right away represents those who hear it, but they don't understand or they reject it for whatever reason. It could be their life situation. It could be their history, the culture they live in, a painful past, you name it. I mean, but for whatever reason, they're not able to hear it or understand it at a heart level that results in transformation. So it's rejected. Then there's some seed that falls on the rocky ground, representing those who hear the good news and they receive it with joy, 
but it only lasts for a while because there are no roots. When trouble comes, they fall away. They may be full of enthusiasm at first, but they're not ready for the cost of discipleship. They, they weren't ready for the idea that they're being called to serve rather than to be served. You know, and oftentimes folks may be led to believe that worship attendance is all that's needed to grow deep in faith and become steadfast, but soon enough they learn that's not enough, although it is a start. But oftentimes we falsely advertise that if somebody gives their life to Jesus, they're just going to have a life that's void of all problems. And then when problems come, their faith shatters. So that's the seed on the rocky path that doesn't have good roots. Now, the seed along the thorns represents those people who hear the good news, but then the worries of this life and the wealth of the world choke it out. Uh, so they're, they're Christian in name, but not in commitment. Now, when they talk about worries of the world, they're lumping it together with wealth. So they're not talking about like legitimate things that you might be worried about. They're talking about being too concerned about the stuff of the world, materialism, success, things like that, and that can choke out the faith if your life is revolving around that kind of stuff. So people like this may be Christian in name but not commitment because of the things of this world always take precedence. You know, they'll worship God as long as the weather isn't too nice or too bad or they're not too tired or too busy or it's not too long or too boring or as long as absolutely nothing is scheduled that may possibly compete for my allegiance. The desire for things can choke out our commitment to Christ. But hear me out. I'm not saying that perfect church attendance is a measurement of Christian commitment. And there will always be things that come up that may conflict at times. But when your faith is being relegated to the bottom of your priority list of things you could engage your time in, that may be a sign that something isn't right. Christ and materialism don't match. And Christ and the constant drive for wealth doesn't match. And the reality is that when it comes to our time, there are a great many things in the world that we can be involved in, whether it be for ourselves or for our kids. And it's good to be diversified, but it's also good to have balance. And if we see that other things are usually crowding out faith practice, then that may be a troubling sign. You know, Lent can be a great time to take stock of this, asking ourselves, does the way we spend time and our family's time reflect the commitment to Christ that I say I've made? Finally, the seed along the good soil represents those who hear and understand and they internalize it and they're committed and it produces a crop. In other words, they, they then go out and make more disciples, right? So that one's pretty self-explanatory. So in this story, Jesus acknowledges that the good news of the kingdom is proclaimed in a hostile environment. You know, the whole purpose of spreading the seed is to make disciples, to produce people in whom the power of the kingdom will bear fruit. So the seed is good in all occasions. The farmer sowed good seed, but not all, not all of it sprouted, depending on the ground. But whether or not it sprouts has nothing to do with the seed itself, right? It's all about the soil. And it's the same with the gospel. It's always good, but that doesn't mean everyone's ready to accept it. So the focus of this parable is not on the condition of the seed, but on the soils. It's on how people respond to the good news. You know, and so if you're trying to spread seed, it can be easy to get discouraged. It can be easy to get discouraged when you plant the seed, but nothing sprouts. You share the gospel, but it's rejected. Or the person seems excited at first, but no lasting change takes place. 
And we can beat ourselves up and assume we're doing something wrong or we're not faithful. But I would say don't be discouraged if you don't always see the results as you faithfully plant. Results may vary. There's not always a lot you can do about that. Belief can't be forced into an equation where if somebody hears a sermon, they're going to commit their life to Christ, or if they go to confirmation, they're going to be a faithful disciple, or if they attend church regularly, they're going to be a Christian. People respond differently because they're in different states of readiness. You know, some people, some people may belong to another religion, which means it's going to take much longer to hear ideas that are different. Some may be burned by religious experiences of the past where Christians didn't act very Christian, so it takes a while for them to warm up to the idea that faith can be any more than a coercion or guilt. People growing up today are increasingly cynical and suspicious of all institutions, especially the church, and they have plenty of credible resources to support their cynicism. And sometimes that can close their minds to authentic expressions of faith, and it may take a while. They might not be ready to hear it yet. But although people are in different stages of readiness, including ourselves, our stage of readiness can change. Our soils can change depending on our stage and circumstance in life. You know, our commitment can ebb and flow depending on what's going on. So there may be a number of reasons, but the fact is we cannot be satisfied to plant the seed once and then call a person a lost cause if they don't respond. It's our responsibility to spread the seed, but we should not give up when some of our efforts fail. You know, the yield depends upon the condition of the soil, or in other words, the condition of the person's heart. One thing we should think about, though, is what we're spreading. What kind of seeds are we spreading? You know, we want to make sure we're spreading the right kind of seeds. You know, we reap what we sow. For instance, what kind of seed are we spreading when people see us lose our tempers? or treat others with disrespect, or engage in verbal warfare over petty issues, or otherwise act unchristian? What kind of seed are we sowing when we claim to follow Christ, but we send a different message to the world about what we value most in life by our constant need to acquire more stuff? What kind of seed do we sow when most people can't tell much of a difference between the lifestyles of Christians and non-Christians? The way we live our lives is one of the ways we spread the seed. People are watching you. And it doesn't mean you have to be perfect, you're right. People are turned off by the illusion of perfection. It just means that we try to follow Jesus' example as best we can, being a faithful disciple in planting the seed, which is a 24-7 job. So may we plant the seed by the way we live our lives and the things we say. May we plant faithfully, knowing that we don't have to coerce anyone, because the results are ultimately up to God, not us. God bless and have a great week.